Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What up, y'all? This is Ed Lover. This is Kibbutz Sudden, the podcast brought to you by CigarsInternational.com. Go to CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs, cutters, Whatever you need, go to cigarsinternational.com. Humidors, lighters, specials. When you check out, go to promo code ED10OFF. That's ED10OFF. ED10OFF. And also locally by Nissan of South Morrow, 6889 Jonesboro Road. Um, uh, by the end of this month, um, our relationship is over, but... For anybody that knows me, they know I'm loyal. And Nissan South Morrow really took care of me when I first moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, Chris White, Leo Spann, uh, Dwayne, and the whole crew over there, Raquel, they always took good care of me for my entire stay in the Atlanta area. Now, let's get to today's podcast. Now, for the life of me, I don't understand why people still have these top 10 Dead or Alive, MC, Conversations. I don't understand it. I don't understand the disconnect between the new artists and the old school artists. Like recently, um, a good friend of mine, Michael Rappaport, actor, podcaster, sports enthusiast, just all around great guy who I've known for a long time. He's uh, went on social media and his podcast and he totally ravaged some new artist by the name of Little Zanny or Little Xanax or whatever because the kid said Tupac's music was boring. That is so disrespectful in my opinion. Okay. Um, in a lot of people's eyes, Tupac is in their top five dead or alive. Pac was a true artist in the sense of the word. Um, sometimes conflicted. Of course, but that's the way most great artists are. DMX is another great artist, absolutely conflicted. Um, sometimes he wanted to stick something up and shoot you in the face and do all the street stuff that was a part of his repertoire from his life. And then sometimes he would preach about God. Sometimes Tupac made records um, about, you know, having fun with women or whatever and then he made other records like Brenda's Got a Baby, Keep Your Head Up, etc., etc. 
But I see we still have these conversations about top 10 dead or alive. Now, the problem with that is whatever you do as an artist, right? Sooner or later, you're going to get older and there's going to be a new generation of artists. So you want to try to respect the artists that have come before you because when it's your time to become old school and you will, if God grants you his civility for you to live long enough and you get his grace to live long enough, you will get older and there'll be a new generation of artists. There'll be a new generation of people that are doing what you've already done. And sometimes they'll make more money doing what you've already done and uh, be put up on a pedestal by a lot of uh, people who are their fan base. But if you don't want disrespect to happen to you, then you should not give out disrespect while you're doing your thing. So to say Tupac's music is boring is disrespectful and untrue on so many levels, right? Pac was an icon. He's a rock and roll Hall of Fame inductee. Little Xanax or Zanny or whatever you want to call yourself, you're just starting your career. You're a white kid that's gotten to hip-hop. You love hip-hop for some reason. Whoever inspired you, that's great. And you should be inspired. And you should be inspired by the forefathers who came before you. We're at a time now where Pac has been gone since 1996. And he's old school. Plain and simple. It's not 96 anymore. It's 2018. But he still should be respected and revered by any artist that has come after him because Tupac opened a lot of doors for a lot of people to do what they're doing today as far as hip-hop is concerned. And this all happened right around the time when uh, we were not celebrating but acknowledging the passing of the Notorious B.I.G. on March 9th, 1997. I remember that clearly because I was at the Peterson Automotive Museum at the party um, when the party got let out, actually sitting next to Big when the fire marshal shut it down. And Big said to me, hey, you want to ride to Nathan's party? And I was like, nah, I got a car in the back, Christopher. He was like, okay, Edwin. And I walked to the back parking deck to get my car, and that's the last time I saw Biggie alive. And uh, I was on Facebook the other day, and a young lady, I don't want to say her name, but I've known her for a long time, was like, oh, so now that we're acknowledging Big's passing, Big is in everybody's top five. She's like, I could think of a lot of MCs that are better than Big. Come on, let's argue. Brooklyn, don't send the goons out after me. And she had Kendrick Lamar and Scarface and Andre 3000 on her list of top fives before Big. Now, here's my question. How do you measure whether or not somebody's on the top five dead or alive? And I really don't think you can do a top five. I think you have to respect everybody for what they did during their era, during their time. I think you have to respect the top artists of their time. You can't do a top five and leave Melly Mel and Kumo D off the top five for their time. Kane and Rakim and them for their time. Jay-Z, Biggie, Nas for their time. Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole, and all these dudes, and Wayne for their time. You just can't blanketly put somebody in the top five dead or alive. And what are the criteria for top five dead or alive? Is it sales? Is it longevity? Is it lyrics? Lyrically, ain't a lot of dudes that can touch Biggie, man. 
There just ain't no two ways about it. If you love hip hop and you love the art of hip hop, if you love the art of hip hop, you cannot absolutely lyrically leave Biggie out. Now, Biggie passed away way too early. He died in 1997. If you watch Unsolved on uh, USA Network, you know, Murders of uh, Tupac and Notorious B.I.G., you'll see a scene where Bo King Woodbine says, wow, 25 and 24, they just kids, man. And they were just kids when they died. They didn't live to see 30. They didn't live to see 40. They didn't live to see 50. They lived to see 60. So you don't know what impact they really would have had on hip hop as far as uh, business wise, um, you know, real impact on the culture as a whole, the, the, the kind of impact that Jay-Z has had on the culture as a whole. You don't know that you're getting money now because these guys paved the way for you. You're getting money now because of Modi and, and, and uh, all of those guys that didn't really make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Modi and Melly Mel and, and Bam and, and all of those guys that really didn't make a lot of money. And then right behind them came the next generation that started making money. And then after them came the next generation of Big and Puff and Russell Simmons, not as an MC, but as a businessman, opened the door big for Jay-Z to make the kind of money that he's making and for Puff to make the kind of money and for Suge and Death Row to make the kind of money. So now y'all are caking off because of technology. Um, you, you get a lot of shows now and you make a lot of money and you don't have to be signed to a record company. But to not put people in, give people a proper respect is ridiculous. And especially when it comes to lyricism, there are a lot of good lyricists out there. I can make the argument that lyrically Eminem should be in everybody's top five. Black thought should be in everybody's top five. You know, it just depends on where you're from a lot of times because, you know, music is very subjective. Like people like what they like and there's nothing wrong with people liking what they like. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I like what I like. There's a lot of young artists out there that I really enjoy. But you got to give them time before you put people in the top five. They might be top five of their era. Nas was a lyricist. Nas didn't necessarily sell as many records as Jay-Z. But lyrically, Nas could stand up with Biggie and Jay-Z. Biggie was a lyricist, dude. In the purest sense of poetry, he was a lyricist. And there's no two ways about it. And I don't think that you can really call yourself a real, true hip-hop fan and not say that Biggie was a lyricist. What would Biggie have be, uh, become? We don't know. He didn't live long enough for us to see what he became. He sold 10 million of life after death after his untimely demise. So how could you not put Big in your top five for his era? We got to break it down into eras. Now, if you want to talk about business acumen, you want to talk about impact, you want to talk about sales. You want to talk about awards. Jay got 21 Grammys. You got to put Jay-Z probably up there with the best that's ever done it as far as being a businessman and making money and lyrics, impact, music, awards. Who has done it like Jay-Z? Who has done it like, like, you know, like Eminem? Like who's even done it like Puff? 
Like all of these dudes look up to these guys because of their impact. But to not have Biggie a top five dead alive purely on lyrics alone is ridiculous. And if you're a true MC, you know that there's so many great unsung MCs out there. Black Thought is not on everybody's list of money makers. He's never going to be on a Forbes list. Is 900 million, 800 million. But I'd be damned if he ain't a hell of a lyricist. There's a lot of great lyricists out there. And hip hop, rap music is poetry. And if you could put words together seamlessly and make them sound amazing, that's great. There's a lot of unsung artists out there that never had hit, 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 major hit records, but they're lyricists to the core. So lyricism has to absolutely wordplay has to be a part of when you start naming your top five. It has to be. And this disrespect that's happening between the younger generation just wanting to say something to see cool to their generation. Nah, man, you can't do that because you don't want somebody later on in your career to say that your music was worthless. Your music was whack. Your music was corny. Your, your music wasn't this. Your music wasn't that because you got some Instagram followers that you might have paid for. Put Instagram in the era when Biggie and Tupac was alive and how many Instagram followers do you think they would both have if they were alive today? I mean, it's just ridiculous to me when we when we get into this argument. People are from different places around this world and everybody has their favorite MCs for a reason. But let's be absolutely real with this. Biggie was one of the dopest lyricists of all time. There's no two ways about it. Uh, he couldn't freestyle. How do you know that? I did. I did a record with Big. On me and Dre's album, Back Up Off Me, I did a record with this dude. I was in the studio with this dude. I saw the way this dude works. He was incredible. And for his time, he was absolutely one of the top three nicest MCs out there. And Jay-Z had a record. He said that everybody argues about who's the best MC, Jay-Z, Biggie, or Nas. That was for their era. You can make a case for Raekwon. You can make a case for Ghost. You can make a case... You know, for a lot of lot of different dudes. And when this era is over and when the next era comes in another 10 years, because hip hop to me really shifts every 10 years, who are you going to make an argument about? Like, will you say Kendrick was the best of his era? Would you say, will you say it's J. Cole? Will you say it's Kanye West? Like, who are you going to talk about? But don't disrespect the pioneers that's come before you that paved the way for you to do what you're doing. My life in hip hop has been professionally and worldwide known since 1989. Everything that I've done since 1989, whether it's a book, whether it's a movie, whether it's numerous television shows, whether it's an album, all came because of hip hop. Think about that. Since 1989, I've put my kids through college and live my life because of hip hop, whether it's radio, whether it's opening the door for me to do stand up, which I love to do and I've been doing for years. It's been because of hip hop. So where do you place these MCs at? That's the word. That's the operative word. Master of ceremonies. MC. Where do you place Rakim? Like I could go on and on. Where do you place Big Boy from Outcast? He's dope. 
Where do you place Scarface? Where do, I mean, come on. Where do you place Lil Wayne? Oh, Lil Wayne's whack. No, Lil Wayne is not whack. They never have been. Like, where do you place these dudes? Where do you place Big Sean, Kanye West? Where do you, where do you place Common, who's made a hell of a living off of hip-hop? Most deaf, Black Thought. Where do you place these dudes? Do you base it just on the fact that they this dude sold records and this dude sold more records and then the shift happened and he didn't sell records anymore? Like, Jay-Z's a renaissance dude. Like, I can't even think of one time when Jay fell off. Now, had Biggie been alive and Tupac been alive, where would you place them? Where would you place DMX? And DMX is alive. Where do you place him on your list of great MCs? And he was a dope MC. Let's talk about LL Cool J. Where do you where do you place LL for his time as an MC? Where do you place Run? Where do you place Light? Where are you gonna place Rhapsody? 3D Not T. Where are you gonna place these? Where do you place Sahai the Prince? He's amazing. Where do you place Q-Tip? Like the argument has been going on forever and ever and ever and ever. And then you want to pick Biggie out of all people. Biggie, the notorious B.I.G., who went toe-to-toe with Jay-Z on many records. When Bone Thugs and Harmony were at the top of their game, Biggie got on a record with them and held his own and switched his style. Where do you place Ice Cube? Where do you place Snoop? Where do you place a lot of these great MCs, a lot of the dudes from the Bay Area? Where do, you, where do you place them as lyricists and the MCs? It's not just record sales. It's not just Instagram. It's not just followers. It's not just, oh, I'm making so much money. You're supposed to make money because they opened the door for you to make money. Where will you place Drake when it's all said and done? Drake makes a ton of money. A ton of money. Drake He'll one day put his hand in film and go back to television and he's going to rake it in because he's already a fine ass actor. He's a great actor. Where are you going to place these dudes when it's all said and done? You're going to get in the barbershop and talk about this person and that person and you're going to forget about the people that came before you because they're not uh, alive anymore or the people that died or were gunned down too early in their careers. That means that they're not dope. Like You can't you can't do it. And to me, it's always people that did not live the culture. They were on the outside of the culture looking at. They grew up on it, but they weren't a part of it. There's a difference with growing up in hip hop and knowing hip hop and hearing the music all the time on the radio than living and breathing and being an insider, a part of this culture. What gives you the right to say somebody's whack or somebody's uh they not and you can say they're not in my top five of all time but you can't say they're not top five of all time i did a um a panel discussion one time with uh chris rock and i remember doc rosario dawson right after the movie top five came out and we all sat around and we all talked about our top five and everybody had this person or that person or the third person for a reason this reason, that reason, that reason, but nobody was sitting there and saying somebody's trash. And I broke it down and I was like, it has to go by errors, man. Like my favorite, one of my favorites, I think overall, because of the longevity and all of that, you got to put Jay-Z in that conversation. But I also think that as a pure artist, 
Black Thought and Nas, Most Def, all these guys, Common, all of these guys got to go up in there. These are true hip-hop lyricists. Red Man's another one. Method Man's another one. Like, where do you, where do you place these dudes at? Where do you place LL Cool J at? I said that before, but LL is the first male solo superstar of hip-hop way before everybody else. LL was that dude. The women loved him and the men wanted to be him. And to be a truly, truly amazing MC, I always think you got to have three great or four great components. You got to have lyrics. You got to have the songs. It's probably more than four, but women got to want to fuck you and niggas got to want to be you. And that's just the way it is. You got to change the culture and the impact of hip hop the way Public Enemy did. Where do you put Chuck D? Chuck D was dope. A lot of people came up and looked up to Chuck D. A lot of people at one time looked up to DMX. Do you say Ja Rule was whack? Excuse me. Now, when you talk about Rule, you got to talk about sales. At one point, Rule consistently outsold DMX and Jay-Z. There's a time when Jay-Z was going platinum every time out and Rule was selling three, four, and five million copies every time he came out. But because Rule ain't hot right now, Ja Rule is whack. Where do you put 50? 50 had an impact like crazy. He wasn't the best lyricist, but he had an impact on the music business. And he still has an impact on television and film and music. Where do you put him? Like, it's not always based on what you think it's based on. So I think we just need to all sit down and come up with a criteria and figure out what this criteria is for somebody to be considered top five dead or alive. I don't think you can throw a blanket over it. Like, it's ridiculous to me. And I think a lot of these dudes are just saying things because they want to get that. Oh, he said this. Oh, he said that. And you've been rapping for two years, dog. Like, for real? Like, who the fuck are you? These dudes are still working. Dougie Fresh, still working constantly. Slick Rick, still working constantly. Who's going to be the next person that's still going to work constantly? There's been a lot of rappers that have come out and have had hit records. Hit records. And, and can't get a damn job or the jobs come and they every now and then there's tiers and levels to certain artists <coughs> excuse me there's always been tiers and levels to certain artists man every artist is not gonna be that artist that's gonna sustain a hell of a career forever and the sad thing about this whole shit y'all is hip hop seems to be the only genre of music that want to eat us old. Like, just disrespectful. Like, uh, uh, that's why I don't I don't really come out and say a lot of bad things about the younger generation of hip-hop. And not a day goes by in my life and somebody don't say to me, yo, OG, what do you think of this new hip-hop? And it's usually somebody in their late 40s or 50s. And I say, man, it is what it is. It's for me or it's not for me. There's a lot of records that I like. You know, it's a lot of future records and Yo Gotti records and Drake records and YFN Lucci records and and Migos records that I like. Am I in love with them? 
would I buy their albums and stuff like that? Probably not, but I still like their music and I like their records and Ray Scrummit and dudes that show me so much love when they saw me and show me some respect the same way that I respect them. They respect me. T.I. and Young Thug. Where do you, where do you put these cats at? Gucci Mane. When it's all said and done, where will Gucci Mane go? There's going to be somebody that's going to argue with you and say Gucci Mane is one of the dopest MCs dead or alive. Young Jeezy. When it's all said and done, where do you place Jeezy? I just saw Jeezy recently down here in Atlanta at the Tabernacle sell that joint out. T.I. still working. Where do you where do you put these dudes? Because you 19, 18, 17 and you rapping, you want to disrespect dudes like Tupac and Biggie, Big L, hell of a lyricist. You know what I'm saying? Joel Santana, Cameron. Like, where do you where do you put these people at? How do you make a list when you're not even qualified to make a list? When you haven't even been in hip hop? You're on the outside of hip-hop. We're on the inside of hip-hop. It's two totally different things. Totally different. And as far as I'm concerned, there has to be a criteria, man. There has to be. you talking about somebody... <coughs> Excuse me. I got slight cold. You're talking about somebody that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, dude. Tupac. His music is boring. Biggie is not your top five. Biggie is whack. The Wu-Tang Clan was whack. DMX was whack. All of these artists are whack to you because you weren't around during their era. And you wonder why we say, or some people say, not me, that your music is whack. That your music has no substance. That your music doesn't uplift. You can party and you can uplift. You can be lyrical. You can be what you want to be in hip hop. And that's the beauty of it. That was the be- <coughs> excuse me. That's the beauty, man, of listening to this music. It's such a creative force in the world that when the rap video shows came on, that were national shows like Rap City on BET, Yo MTV Raps on MTV. You opened the door for everybody of all ages and nationalities to love one kind of music. It's like if you wanted to be a guitar player and you want to be a great guitar player, it doesn't matter what color you are, as long as you can play the damn guitar or the trumpet or the bass or whatever instrument you chose. And that's what hip hop is and rap is an instrument. So we always wanted it to be so that everybody can get in and do their thing from light to Latifah, you know, to rock from Roxanne Shantae on up from the sequence, Angie B and, and all of those ladies, you know what I mean? The Pebbly Poo and all the people that opened the door when there wasn't no real money in it and it was just for the love of it, just the, the pure excitement of writing something and being able to put it on a record, you know? It's just, it's just ridiculous. People are supposed to get accolades for what they've done. Not saying that we're trying to live in the past because we did great things during our time. That was fine. That was our time. And right now, may not be that person's time. But I'd be damned if people ain't still going to see Rakim perform. Or Slick Rick. Or Dougie Fresh. Or Big Daddy King. Or Kwame, even. 
And Biggie said, your life is played out like Kwame and those fucking polka dots. And Kwame reinvented himself as a producer and did his thing. What do you put Missy Elliott? Like, I just see that. I don't see people disrespecting Pharrell or Timbaland or, or, or come on, man, anybody, Pete Rock or Primo, you know, Jay Diller, any of these great damn producers, man. You can't disrespect anybody's serious contribution to hip hop. You can't. You have to let the great ones live on in infamy. And it's blasphemous and it's disrespectful to say Tupac's music was boring. It's blasphemous and disrespectful to argue with people to say Biggie wasn't a great lyricist or Biggie was whack. Like you, do you hear it? Do you listen to it? Or what are you listening for? Like I said, there's been a lot of great MCs that just didn't have the super dope hit records or had one record or two records or three records or something like that that may not have been superstars or Instagram stars or whatever. In this day and age, a lot of hungry MCs out there right now that want they turn, that want to show the world that they dope, that'll make a whole album with no features and rock out while you got 16 bars and then you leaning on three other people for a hit record. Little Kim, where do you place her? Nicki Minaj, where will she be placed? Where's Lauren Hill placed at? Like, you know, and it's funny, like a lot with dudes, like it's this disrespect. And you don't really hear a lot of it with the ladies. Yeah, Kim and Nicki had a thing and then Remy and Nicki had a thing. Yeah, but that was more like on some personal taking shots at each other shit. But you really never hear the women go at each other the way these dudes just come at each other's throats for the sake of saying some dumb shit. Dumb. Like, I remember uh, my man Hawk, who used to be Biggie's road manager, um, told a story one time about Big and E-40 had beef. And they booked him. They booked Big to uh, come up to the Bay Area paid him half the money and when he got up there there was no show and they really almost got into some serious gangster shit and people had to get on the phone and Biggie got a pass and it didn't go down you know the way everybody thought it was going to go down you know you you treading on dangerous dangerous thin ass ice and you just think it's cool you just want to get high you want to smoke your weed fine fine we all did that shit it's all good but when you come to this disrespectful part in your life, you need your ass wet. You really do, because this shit is crazy. You don't really hear jazz musicians doing that to each other, or rock musicians. You don't hear a young rock musician coming out saying Jimi Hendrix's music was boring, Jimi Hendrix was whack, yeah, he really couldn't play. Bootsy Collins and Verdine White couldn't play the damn bass or... Uh, my man from the Brothers Johnson wasn't really nice on the bass or Frankie Beverly can't sing. You don't hear R&B singers doing shit like that. Marvin Gaye's music was boring. Michael Jackson, uh, he was whack. Prince was whack. Prince couldn't really get down. You don't hear Bruno Mars saying that shit. You don't hear Chris Brown saying Michael Jackson or Usher was boring. Like, why do we have to do this shit in hip hop? Like, why we got to tear each other down? Ah, oh, these niggas mumble rap niggas. That's their time. 
It's not your time, fam. Fall back, fam. Let them do them. Hip-hop has always been a young man's sport. Always. We was all early 20s or still in our teens when we got into this business. And and the older people that came before us, that's what we had to contend with, not getting a Grammy uh, on camera. And now y'all sit right there in the Grammy seats and get your Grammy on stage. And we boycotted the Grammys because of that shit. So we kicked that door down. Have enough problems without us eating ourselves up. Enough. There's so many things that's going on. You, you you still trying to figure out how to get your money up. And there's nobody there to teach you how to save your money or what to do with your money. So you foolishly spend it. And then when it's over for you, it's over. And you have to look back on the karma that you gave out. You have to look back on motherfuckers is having seizures, sipping lean and Xanax and fucking mollies and perks and doing all kind of shit to try to be cool and not handling your business at the same time. You bring everybody with you when you go on tour. You got to pay for all of that shit. And Jay see it and Jay tried to teach y'all a lesson. What's better than throwing $40,000 around in a strip club? Credit. But nah, Jay, oh, you know what the fuck he talking about? Hey, dude, because he's done what you're trying to do all fucking ready. It's the same thing in the world of criminals. You see a criminal do some shit. He's a big time drug dealer. Now he's looking at 35 years. He's doing 35 and you think, nah, that's just, he was stupid. It ain't going to be me. And technology is even better now than it was then. You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like Jay said, uh, y'all respect the dude that got shot. I respect the shooter. There's a message behind that. There's a message deeply embedded and, and rooted in, in what they're saying, you know? You see a kid like Bankroll Fresh who had his whole career had him cut down too early in his career for nothing. This dumb street bullshit. But the disrespect wants to continue and go on and on and on. And oh, this person is not this and this person is not that. And if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. Just keep your shit to yourself, dude. Because really... You haven't even been in hip hop long enough to form that kind of an opinion, dude, on somebody that came before you. You you haven't even been around. You need to kiss Eminem feet because Eminem made it possible for you and G Easy and, and and everybody else that's not black to get involved in this hip hop shit on a real level and to make money and to feed your family and feed yourself on some real shit. And this is this is real shit that I'm kicking right now. I mean, we lost on March 9th one of the greatest lyricists that's ever lived, hands down. The man paint a vivid picture of shit like you've never seen before. Two albums and multiple features, and he's still revered and talked about. Still revered and talked about. For Tupac, albums put together after he was already dead. Slinging out hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Pac sometimes wouldn't even finish a record. They would give him the beat and he would lay his lyrics down and then be like, all right, y'all take care of the rest of that. On to the next joint. Because he had so much music that he wanted to get out there. 
He wanted to finish and get off of Death Row so he can start his own label, Thug Life Music, and put other people on. Biggie had Junior Mafia, put C's on and Kim on and, and all the rest of the Junior Mafia members. And D-Rock got Invisible Bully right now, a clothing line, and doing well because of the Notorious B.I.G., y'all. Like, this is real shit. Like, Puff is on the Forbes list at $800 million because his whole entire, entire label was built off the success of Craig Mack and the Notorious B.I.G. And everybody else came behind it. We paid attention because Biggie was that dope. You know what I mean? It's just it's just amazing and astounding to me that we want to tear each other down. In hip hop, ah, the mumble rap motherfuckers, but you'll find yourself going bad and bougie, cooking up dope with an Uzi. You'll find yourself going, fuck up comments, fuck up comments. Yeah, I do. I like it. What's wrong with just saying I like that record or I like this artist or I like that artist? Right? Or I like Meek Mills. Or I like Rick Ross. Or, or whoever. What's, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with it? Because it's not to what you think it's supposed to be. You can't force a kid that was born in the year 2000 to like something that came out in 1983, 84, 85, 94, 95, 96, 97. It wasn't even around, dude. Let them have who the fuck they want to like the same way you had who the fuck you want to like. Right? Feel his forehead rocking it. Loved rocking it. Life's a bitch. Nas featuring AZ. Love the record. Love that damn record. Fat Joe seems to always find a hit record. Khaled puts together a dope-ass record, but you don't hear Bryson Tiller disrespecting anybody. You don't hear, you don't really hear Rihanna going at Beyonce or Beyonce going at Gladys Knight or Aretha Franklin or Tina Marie. Why is it like that in hip-hop? Why is it in hip-hop that older dudes want to shut the young dudes down saying that they shit is whack as fuck? Some of them are. And younger dudes want to do just disrespect the legacy left by some of the great old old school rappers. They don't want to take the rappers that really wasn't shit that was in the old school that we did have some whack shit. Right? We did. Anybody over 45 years old or 40 even knows we had some whack shit. But when it comes to the icons, man, when it comes to the dudes that were absolutely dope during their time, those are the ones you don't fucking talk shit about. Especially when you brand new and you hoping that you could get a, a, a Master P type career. You praying that 15 years after you, whatever your last hit was, people still want to come and see you perform. That the nostalgia lives on. 20 years from now, for somebody at 20, you'll be 40. If God gives you his grace and you live long enough. And you ain't going to want the kids that's coming behind that when you're 40 and they 17. When you throw on Yo Gotti. I tell all my hoes, rake it up. You go, oh, that shit, whack. Yo Gotti, whack. Oh, that red scrimmage shit is whack. Oh, Gucci, man, that shit. 
bullshit. You be looking at them because you're 29 and you're 40. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? This shit was hot to death. Nah, that shit is whack. And then at 40, you turn around looking at their shit like, oh, y'all, them new niggas you got. Uh, them niggas you, you, shoot. Them dead. They, they listen to the Carter for oh, the Carter, this shit. Forcing it on them. Forcing Drake down their throat. You can't force your music down nobody's throat. And if you're young, you can't force it on us. And if we're old, we can't force it on you. And that's just the way it is. We have to learn to live in harmony and respect the way jazz artists live. I can't expect you to understand the impact of I Need Love by LL Cool J or Down With The King or even Sucker MCs or even Go See The Doctor or Planet Rock or The Message. I don't know. <laughs> I can play it for you and tell you it's dope, but I can't expect you to really grasp it because it wasn't your era. And that's just the way shit pans out. Things change as we go older and everybody is going to get older. Every second of every single day that God allows you to live, you get older. You're 15, the next thing you know, you blink, you're 20, you blink, you're 25, blink, you're 30, blink, you're 35, blink, you're 40, blink, you're 45, blink, you're 50, blink, you're 55 years old. And you want to destroy the next generation that's doing it, or you want to destroy the generation before you that did it big and opened the doors for you. If Jay is worth 900 million right now, some days, Somehow, some rap artist is going to be worth 10, 15 billion dollars. Don't disrespect the people that came before you, man. And older people, let these young motherfuckers live. Let them enjoy themselves. We had our time. When the kids want to go to Cancun, the South Beach, ah, that shit is whack, man. The way we used to do it. Nah. Talk that amongst yourselves don't publicly and especially if you got a position don't publicly warp their sense of worth they got a right man they got a right to rock out as much as they want to they got a a, a right to love Lil Uzi Vert and to love Young Thugger and to love Gucci and you know everybody everybody like cut it cut it. That's my shit. I love the record. Sometimes I don't know one person from another person, but that's just me. And if I don't know, I ask, who is that? Who is this? Who is that? I love Meek Mill's music. Who is this guy? Who's this young dude that just came through? Who's that? I ain't really saying nothing on Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, but that's fine. He, he ain't got to say shit. Have to if that's what he want to do. They want to put a lot of A's and yeses in their in their music. That's fine. Let them live, man. Let them live, but also understand, as an artist, you have a responsibility because a lot of kids look up to you and a lot of kids follow what you do. You have responsibility, and don't wait too long to turn around because when you turn around and you're 40 and you're like yo y'all got to stop doing this and stop doing that then motherfuckers will be like well you did it you did it oh these young niggas all they want to talk about is is being on 
drugs and getting high and doing all of this and all of that. Who said, hey, yeah, 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 smoke weed every day? Now that they smoke weed every day, you got a problem with it? Who said, I got five on it? Our generation did. Now that they smoking and drinking and doing everything else, you got a problem with it? Who sells them Ace of Spades and Ciroc and every other kind of liquor that had an endorsement deal about it out? Damn near every artist did. Armadale Vodka before the Doucet and all of that. We support the liquor that they drinking and Bel Air Rosé and all that. We, that's us. We, we make a fucking lot of money off this shit. And they get mad when they do it? Hmm? Come on, y'all. Come on. Like, this shit is... It just doesn't make sense. Like, contradictory as a motherfucker. So, you want to be the drug dealer and they the drug taker. So, now you mad at them. You bragged about what kind of dope dealers you were. And now there is a generation of dope takers that are talking about not selling it, but being high off of it. And you're mad at them. Not, no, do this shit the way we did it. No. You don't do the shit the way they want to do it. And you have to allow them to do that. As an OG, your job is to teach them right from wrong. Not to belittle them. Is to tell them, save your money, dude. Don't spend a lot of money on shit that depreciates. Spend a lot of money on shit that appreciates. That's why I love that 444 album from Jay-Z. But from an OG's perspective, he's telling you, I could have bought this shit for $2 million. Now this shit is worth $25 million. I could have bought something, a building in Dumbo for $2 million. Now it's worth $25 million. You know what I feel like? A Dumbo. But I spent my money on fucking bullshit jewelry and shit like that. That depreciated. I, I had platinum and cars. Big cars. I had, a, you know, all of these McLarens and whatever kind of Ferrari. As soon as you drive the shit off the lot, you can't even take it back to the dealer and get the same amount of money that you paid for it. You're supposed to buy shit that appreciates. I bought a, a Boscot for a million. Now it's worth eight. I can't wait to give it to my children. You're supposed to do shit that appreciates and not depreciates with your money. That's what we're supposed to teach them, not kill whatever kind of rapping they doing. We bugging. And they bugging too. Ah, oh, this old nigga, this nigga's, I don't listen to Jay-Z albums, he old. Huh? You gotta be fucking crazy because I'm listening to young music and a lot of it I like, a lot of it just ain't for me and a lot of our music you like and a lot of our music just ain't for you. But, these same motherfuckers would have been on Tupac and Biggie's dick had they still been alive today. Crazy. Respect each other is the point of this whole podcast. Respect each other. And when you're in the barbershop, in the beauty salon or whatever, getting your nails done, and people start talking about top five that are alive, remember to put them into their eras. The era, take an era. And put that person in top five in that era. There is no such thing as a top five dead or alive because there's still more MCs coming up every single day. And you don't know what they're going to develop to be. Even though Drake is very melodic with his music, you can't tell me the dude ain't a dope ass MC. 
There's no way you're gonna you're not gonna sell me that shit. You're not gonna sell me that. So remember that, man. I'm Ed Lover. I approve this podcast. Come on, son. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, y'all. Be well. Peace. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.